What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This Haberman Middlecoff podcast is brought to you by ExpressVPN.com slash ham and mybookie.ag, promo code ham1, and SeatGeek, promo code ham. Well, do you think right as we're talking on Sunday night, is Jimmy Garoppolo sitting around going, bunch of nobodies rolling in. If it was the Seahawks, I'd be worried. But now that it's the Vikings, I'm not. Because that's how people are talking about the 49ers-Vikings game. And uh, I don't like it, but it's just the reality of how we talk about these two teams. It's, it's Kirk Cousins. It's not Russell Wilson. I've been saying for a while that this, whenever you're the, you know, the one seed, the same goes for the two seed because you have a home game, but for the way the Niners season went when you're the number one seed, January 11th and for, I guess it was what, for seven days because both NFC teams played today, we didn't know. It was going to be one of these three teams. It couldn't be the Saints. It was going to be one of those three teams. And my takeaway has definitely not changed. It was just must win. Now, I know if it was Seattle or Philly, Wentz had lit them up. It was going to be a tough game. I think with the the addition of, would you say Tennessee is a bigger upset, even though it wasn't as big of a line, just given like Ryan Tannehill beat Brady in, and those guys in Foxborough, or would you say the Vikings upset's pretty big? I, I know it's pretty big, but I'm saying bigger than that. Like, what was the biggest upset? Well, of the yeah, I mean, because I do think I think the Vikings upset because the I do think there were some people like. Even if you pick the Patriots, you're like, every, most people were acknowledging, like, this Patriot team was not the Patriots, right? Which is how I felt going in. I didn't. I thought it was more, if you had asked me, I would have said it's more likely the Titans win than it is that the I Vikings agree. I, I don't think anyone laid out a good point for the Vikings winning. But beside myself, but I just mean, I didn't pick them. I just said how it was going to win. It was clear how it was going to look, and it kind of looked like that. But most people, anyone with a football brain would go, yeah, Dalvin Cook's their best player. And those two fucking pass rushers are just monsters. I remember texting with Flip during like OTAs. I'm like, back when he just got the job, I'm like, how how are these guys looking? He's like, God, 99 freak. And he was kind of coming into his own, and now he's like one of the best players in the league. 
we've come full circle because when Kyle first got here, the 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 entire conversation was they just signed Hoyer, they drafted CJ. It, it none of it matters. They're just waiting a year to sign Kirk Cousins, and then Belichick gave them just a lifeline. I mean, he gave them a player that. I tweeted it today. 32 GMs right now would take Jimmy over Cousins. That didn't change today. And Jimmy's just a better player. So he he ended up with a better player. And a, a lot of it was luck. And they can say whatever. It was luck. Now, is it luck that he's a good coach and Bill respected him? No. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But it doesn't even matter. Do, do you know what? I, I was listening to like. They should deck. Yeah, it was I was luck. listening to Simmons or Rosillo. Or, I think it was Simmons. Might have been someone else said. I, I mean, I forgot. This is a long time ago. But when. When Spygate happened, what year would that have been? That would have been 07. That was the year they went undefeated. They lost to the Super Bowl. I guess one of his biggest supporters that said the whole thing was like a witch hunt and just so stupid, like you telling the league office, like, you don't understand how football actually works. You guys are idiots, was Mike Shanahan. It's like his biggest supporter. I don't, I mean, it's huh. just, and you, I just think he liked the family. And remember, Mike actually used to play him well with Denver. So it just, I just think he respects the family. It worked out. I have a hard time. Like, did Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins, for example, these two games? Kirk Cousins did throw a walk-off touchdown and make a couple passes. Probably more than Tannehill. Like, Derrick Henry's the reason they won. And I got the box score up right now. Cook had not as crazy of a game. I mean, 28 carries, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Had another three carries. But, he had, but Johnny had 84 of those yards in the first half. He was awesome, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I just mean like the first, like he looked like dominant Dalvin Cook in that first half. Henry was probably more dominant start to finish in that game, just that he was, I mean, he ran for a fucking 180 yards, and he had a sweet screen pass. But either way, I don't think, guy, you can lose this game. Like if it was just Minnesota Vikings with, let's say they had landed like an Andy Dalton or something, and they were just this good, and we're like, you know, they got Mike Zimmer, they've been in the playoffs a bunch, NFC Championship game a couple years ago. I think I'd look at it a lot differently. I just, because you losing to Mike Zimmer, it's not, people lose to fucking, Sean Payton just lost, Mike Zimmer's good. Now he's old school kind of curmudgeon, but he's a legit coach. I have a hard time thinking if the Niners lose this game and it's just Kirk Cousins beats Kyle Shanahan, that's going to be tough to shake. I, I think this game. Except Shanahan would say, told you so. Yeah, well, I'd say you're wrong, Kyle. You're just wrong on this evaluation. He's not a good player. <laughs> Now, not well, not a good player he, relative like, to like how much he's paid. But I, my po- I also think so much of what Kyle Shanahan thinks about players is about what he thinks he can do with a player. Yeah, right? I, I just think that with Kirk Sh- Kirk Cousins, this I thought it was must win. I think it, I've doubled down on that thought. Like losing to Kyle Shanahan or Kyle losing to Kirk, Kirk Cousins will age poorly, <laughs> and it would be devastating at the time. I, I just think that that that's an element that I. I did not foresee even entertaining. I didn't entertain the thought of it. I mean, I thought they were an eight-point underdog because they were going to lose by fucking twenty-five, and they didn't just—they didn't just not lose. They played well. And did did he shake the demons? I mean, he did have a game-winning touchdown pass, a game-winning no, throws. No. So listen, here's the deal. <laughs> he is still who he is. This is the. This is what terrorizes. So you, so you, you don't about. leave that game thinking any differently about him. Because I don't. No, <laughs> and I ain't fucking I think, eating crow on shit with him. But but also keep in mind, like I do think a lot of times you just even when you play nine prime time, whatever it the was, number. It, I guess it was Monday, Monday nights. nights. It was Monday nights. Okay, nine Monday night games. That is whatever. a lot, though. I've right. Uh, yeah, but but what I'm saying is, 
I've seen him, like Troy Aikman called the throw to Thielen the best throw of his career. The right? de- and of the course deep he pass. did. Given the moment, the touchdown to win the game. But he's made that throw many times before, just hasn't made it on that stage. Point being, his team is good enough that I've never thought it's impossible to win with him. I just don't think you're going toe-to-toe with great quarterbacks and beating them. But I don't. I never looked at him like he was a, an invalid. Like, he, you just can't ever win any games with Kirk. What was that I think word that's you used? Over invalid? Invalid, yes, John. It's a Do you throw that into your broadcast? Who, that's a good one. No, I've, I just thought it just came to me. Uh, but it's an old older word, I think. Uh, but the point is, no, I don't look at him any differently. But I do think he can make plays that can – like, here's the thing. Like, his, is his team good enough that he makes a few plays, you don't play well, he can beat you? Yeah, that's kind of what's scary to me. Well – Like, there's only two teams – well, we'll get, I'll get to the breakdown of the game. But, uh, yes, you, you are right. It won't age well. I will say this. I look at Kyle Shanahan the way I look at Kirk Cousins. I know what they are. I know what Kyle is. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I know what Kirk is. He's a guy that can beat you – but mostly, if you play well enough, you'll beat well, him. Of the three quarterbacks today, Wentz got fucking knocked out. But we know like what he brings to the table. And just at any moment, he can just do crazy shit. Russell just does the crazy shit. And then Cousins. I feel much more strongly than I already did after just what And I Carson, whatever. He got an unlucky break, got hurt. But... I would take Kirk Cousins, take my chances against playing Kirk Cousins. I don't care if he's playing with Diggs, Jerry Rice, and Gronkowski. Now, you could argue, well, Rudolph's still pretty good, and Thielen, I mean, he does have a pretty good group of guys. But I will take my chances, even with his great group of guys, because it's him over Wentz and over Russell. I, I will do that every day of the week. And I think you saw today a guy that just, like you said, it's the best throw of his life. But it's not because he can't make that throw. He's made that throw countless exactly. times during this season. Like, how often would you just be on your couch flipping around, watch a red zone highlight, and it'd be like, oh, the Vikings just scored on the Lions. Cousins hit digs. And you're like, what a nice pass. And like I say with James Harden, we're at the point now with Cousins where he's made so much money, he's been starting for so long. No one gives a shit if you make that pass on a Sunday morning at a 10 a.m. kickoff against the New York Giants. You were judged on doing it today. And and that's where I think Aikman did put it into context. Like, he did it today. That's why it was a big deal. He finally did it. But he did it one time. And the other parts of the game, he's skipping balls. He just looks. Now, Drew wasn't good either. But I will take my chances. And this is where I get back to the pressure on Kyle, the Niners organization. But it starts with Kyle because he's the guy that gets all the credit. Is that you got to beat this guy. Now, I was thinking about this because... It's a it's an easy thing to say, and I, at this point, it's, it's, it'd be the you know when a, you get this a lot on the athletic. You I don't you don't get this much in like podcast comments, but like that's lazy analysis that always triggers me. You say I'm fucking I, I, I went lazy on this column, you motherfucker. <laughs> well, the lazy thing to say would the Niners have an advantage because he knows Cousins. That that I was thinking like that would just you're gonna hear that a lot. Well, he knows him well. He's been the Niners coach now three years. And this is the end of the third year. He was with the Falcons then for two before he came here. He hasn't been around Cousins for five fucking seasons. That's a long time, guy. Has he changed? But I'm just saying, like, yeah, that, that's fair. But this notion that, like, you know, he's been 
he's been co- it'd be like if Belichick next year Brady leaves and he's playing Brady like yeah Belichick knows Brady's strengths and weaknesses like the back of his hand this is a little different like he just hasn't been living and dying with him every day I'm not saying it hurts yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it hurts but I will I will okay. not say out of my mouth the Niners get a huge advantage because Kyle knows him really well they haven't been around each other well, do you I, agree is that fair I, I well I yeah it's fair I don't think it's nothing though but I also don't think is Kirk that complicated. No, that no, 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 he's can't not. Figure it no, out. he's not. No, you know what I mean? He's not at all. His his strengths and his weaknesses are just we've known him for five years. So you're right. He hasn't necessarily. Now he's a little smarter, probably seen a little bit more, just more like anything more experienced for sure. But I just think if I wanted to make the statement, the Niners have an advantage because I think you can do it at times. Like if let's say the Niners traded Eric Armstead. And next year, the Niners in the first round of the playoffs are playing the Eagles, and they got Eric Armstead in the first round. You'd be like, well, the Niners, they know Eric Armstead really well. Because they would, right? They've been around him forever. These guys coached him. It's just fresh. I think sometimes when you separate it for a while, it, it's going to help them. Like, he can just give Robert Sala a couple things, like he's always been terrible on throwback. Just, like, one thing that, like, maybe the tape would confirm. Just something that Kyle knows off the top of his head. But overall... I, I'm not putting much stock into it. I'm putting more stock into it that it's just he's Kirk Cousins. He's kind of limited, and you can you can rattle him. That's what I think Camp Jordan said that early in the game. There was a play in that game. Well, yeah, well, it was Lisa Salter's report, like, we, right? We could or hit, not, yeah, not Lisa. Yeah, like Wait. we could hit him. Yeah, it was. It. Uh, well, what, what channel was that? Pam game? Oliver, maybe or Aaron Andrews. Like we could hit him. It was we on could Fox, hit him over. So we could Pam. hit him over and over, yeah. and he'll fucking wilt, kind of. Wait. Maybe it was Aaron because Myers was on the other sideline. I think Aaron. Yeah, I think it was Aaron. Or it might have been Myers. It was one, It was Aaron or Myers. It wasn't Myers. Basically, yeah. just said what was it like? Cam Jordan's like we can hit him and he'll get rattled. He'll get skittish. Yeah, or rattled. Yeah. yeah, it was skittish was the word they use, which I think is true. You see that guy, and there was a point in the game you're like, God, if Breeze and Sean Payton can pull their head out of their ass, they got fucking the Vikings on the ropes here. Like uh, they have no passing game. It's just Cousins handing the ball to 33, who's awesome, and giving him trouble. I also love this. And again, this is just Twitter, but I do think most casual NFL fans are thinking it. Why do you run the pitches on the goal line? Well, guys, I don't necessarily think that's fair because if you watch them get down the field, I I would say Dalvin Cook's signature run is like the pitch sweep. When you just watch Dalvin Cook gash people, Lanye Miller at Fresno State, throwback, that used to be his go-to play. Because when you're a straight, like a, uh, you don't have much wiggle, you can get a crease. And when you're fast, even though like in real time, like he's not going to be able to hit it. He just needs a tiny little crease and he hits it and he's fucking gone. I actually don't mind. Like, it's not like you have less room on the goal line than you do at the 50. The, the, the field doesn't shrink that. The field's the same length width-wise. Well, I, I it might think, be easier to key on, but they didn't Camaro run one. Or was it just a stretch play? Where it's just you looked and the entire he was at like the four yard line, but you could tell they just every Saints guy had pushed his guy back like three steps. He was going to score a touchdown even before he was in. He was just going to be in. Yeah, but maybe it wasn't a toss. What was the play last night? There was a play last night. Actually, it was a sweet like uh, option to Carlos Hyde, and he dropped it. But then the next play, they tossed it to him, and he scored. I, I just sometimes the play calling, and again, there's so many analytic Twitter that are like, "How are you doing this? What the fuck?" And you're like, eh. listen, I don't think this guy's Bill Walsh, but not every play call is bad because when it works, everyone's jerking him off. It was like, you could argue, for example, 
the last play call of Seattle. Everyone loves being super aggressive when it works. If Russell had like thrown a pick there, people would have been like, just run the ball, Pete. What are you doing? But it hits and everyone's like, look at the stones on Pete. <laughs> it's just, that's the margin for error. That's, that's why you get paid all the money, I guess, because you get shit on. Like, it, Let's just say Russell underthrows that ball and he picks it off. Is Pete kind of getting crushed right now? And they come back and score. You could argue, Doug, why aren't you kicking field goals? Like, you could have kicked a couple... Yeah, why wasn't he kicking Well, because the owner tells him, just keep going for it. 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 That's that's all they say. He just goes for it. But but even then, you still you got to go to overtime if you get a touchdown and score the two-point well, conversion. what was it last night? Ovrabel, you know, when he started doing his weird shit, everyone's like, oh, he doesn't have the balls to go for in fourth and one. Guys, these all these games, this isn't the Big 12. You see the scores? It's 17 to 9. No one's scoring. So punt, kick field goals. Like, this shit adds up. Everyone... The analytic guys, they love going for it more than fucking... That's like their thing in football. Which most of us in a big game, late in the game, I'm for it. But there are certain times like Vrabel. Do you notice, everyone, the Patriots can't score. Like the Eagles can't really score. Even they were in the Saints game. Like at one point in time, it was 20 to 13. Like the... the you notice the scores in these games? We're not getting these. It's less possessions, eight, nine possessions. It's okay to kick field goals. But on, on Twitter, you get called a pussy. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's the truth. And I, I mean, I will too in certain spots. Like, there, the, to me, there's a difference between being a pussy and being kind of reckless. Like, Vrabel not going for it. You understand, and someone said this. Someone tweeted at me this last night when I'm like, listen, punting is the right thing to do. The, the difference in the punt and going for it was 25 yards. Well, you dumb fuck. Have you watched the Patriots play offense? 25 yards a long ways to go. It, yeah, if you're playing Lincoln Riley 25, you're playing Brady can barely move the football. So these are things like with the, with Kyle, there's a balance of you, you pay your kicker, for example, the Niners, when you get in big spots, it's like, you got to go for it. No, you can kick field goals. Like these games aren't going to be 35 to 30. They'll probably be 24 to 17. So a difference between six points is massive. And I think that's something to watch, well, like I, just this game to be a little overzealous. The Vikings, you coming off along, there is some tangible pressure. I think the now. same applies to Jimmy specifically, right? Like, does he? He has played in big games for the 49ers this year. He has seen big games from the sideline with the Patriots. But what if they get in a game You're that down. is well, not just down. see, like down. I got no issue. I'm talking about a game where it's like like what we're talking about here, 17 to 9. Oh, and you're kind of in 10. control, and but you're not pulling away it, or anything? You just don't do – yeah, but just don't do anything. Don't do anything. Too, it doesn't mean you don't take chances when Kyle says take a chance. Because this is – we've talked about this. The one thing Jimmy's done really well, he's gotten a lot better, I think, as the season's gone on. Like the one that stands out in my mind because it was the worst of all of them was the one in the Bengals game where he made a dumb play and then came back and threw this lollipop interception because he was trying to make up for his – was it a false start or something dumb? Yeah, it was. Du- you remember it was that the worst two play stretch maybe of the season. Besides non non. Well, he's got, but and then he's made <laughs> yeah. some other like near interceptable ball. He's gotten a lot better with that. Like as the years gone on, he's had a better and better better feel. However, you want to define. Well, what, what do you think Zimmer's telling? I hope he doesn't feel too much pressure. Like outplay well, Cousins. I, I, you just gotta go I, I bet Zimmer's telling Cousins as they're flying home right now, and Zimmer has a cocktail. Like, what do I always tell you? We don't turn the ball over. We're going to win most of these games. Like, look at the fucking, look back on the airplane. Look at all these good players. I think Kyle, that's where they've had the balance of just like, be you, play loose, but also play under control. Like you said, I think he's done an excellent job, really, 
probably since that Monday night game against the Se- the Seahawks when he wasn't really that good, but he kind of was, but he had, you were holding on for your ass was a lot of those throws. Now, some of them weren't his fault, but he threw a lot of interceptable balls. I feel like the last six or seven weeks, he's been pretty locked in with that. That is like, uh, I think 11 of the top 12 turnover margin teams are in the playoffs. So it's it's a pretty tried and true formula. Now in these games where the possessions are, I think a typical NFL game in the season when it's a little more loosey-goosey are like 11 to 12 possessions. I think there have been a couple. There were yesterday a nine possession each game. Might have been the New England game. Now, again, that was run heavy. But it's where a turnover does. And a second half turnover, like you said. In a, let's say it's the vice versa. You're in a game 14 to 10, but you haven't been playing that well. And it's the second half and you're down. And Jimmy throws a pick. And that leads then to a touchdown, and boom, it's all of a sudden 21 to 10. It's like, you have, and then all of a sudden, the whole, everyone in that stadium who paid the average price like $600 ass is tight because you're like, oh my God, we're going to lose in the playoffs. And you're going to feel that. And I know the Farhans and Billy Beans would tell you pressure does not exist. It's the dumbest thing that's ever been uttered by smart people because they believe it. And it's just not true. And luckily, the NFL analytic crew, they never bring that. They wouldn't be stupid enough to bring that, to even say utter those words. Like, yeah, pressure doesn't ex- – like, Billy, this, a playoff AB is not the same as a June AB. Uh, but luckily, again, in the NFL, no one even thinks that because it's clear. These games, there's more pressure. And I do think with just the big storyline all week is going to be Cousins, Kyle – I mean, isn't that going to be the just Kyle can't lose to Kirk Cousins? Like, I I think that's going to be kind of the elephant in the room here. Even though they're Kyle's the offensive play caller, and he, he, they're not, and Jimmy, like they don't really have anything to do with each other. It's really Kyle versus Zimmer, right? And Cousins versus Sala. But I do think it's just the connection of Kyle and Cousins, and he could have had Cousins, but he's got Jimmy. Like that whole element, just because quarterbacks are more fun to talk about I mean it's just like they're hit songs you just talk, you don't care as much about like defensive coordinators even though like the Vikings defensive coordinator is their head coach who is really good right I mean he's probably a top three or four defensive coordinator for as much as everyone loves Salah this year Zimmer's been doing it for like 20 years at a high level yeah like right. you Salah hopes one day he gets to Zimmer's level right just the way he's viewed around the league Miz he hopes it doesn't take him as long to get a head coaching job. L- and at this rate, it should. Luckily, Robert, I think, is a little like, because didn't Arians and Zimmer both kind of self proclaim, like, I refuse to play the politics game? It's like, well, guys, you can't yeah. complain that you didn't get a head coach job until you're 62. But I also think it shows you do people worry about politics too much? Like, those guys should have been head coaches probably like 50. <laughs> but it, meanwhile. Yeah, and what politics? I don't even understand. Like, what? Go to the owners' meetings, drop in, hand out no, your card? No, I, I think it, I, I it's what. kissing GM's asses. That's really what it is. That's like what Freddie does. That's what or Freddie does or did one time when he had a head coaching job. Well, and I think the Savansky guy that you, you're hearing a lot about, like the bearded guy with the gray hairs. How are some of these guys, was it the Saints guy who's got two? I mean, Stefanski's got some interviews. Is it one of the Saints coaches that's got that had two interviews scheduled this week? Might be Dennis Allen, right? No, it wasn't Dennis. It was somebody else. It wasn't Maybe it was Stefanski. Somebody's got two interviews this week. And I'm like, this week? You can't put that on hold this yeah, week. I, I, but I just think that you get not one interview, two well, interviews. Here's the thing: I, I would say this is, and this, I think Kyle battled this perception. If your first reaction as an assistant coach to a quote unquote authority, even though you work for the head coach, not the GM, is like, you know, I don't agree with you on that. 
that turns GMs off. But when it's like Stavansky or Freddy's or Tom Sula's, their first reaction is like, oh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, even though they don't. And then but, that guy, and this is what is so stupid about football, you would rather than work with that guy because he'll just listen to everything you say, even though, as we well know, a GM is not good without his head coach being good. It's like a, it's not, it's just, it's the only option. If your head coach is not good, you will lose. I mean, it's not even like, well, like in baseball, they've proven they can get away with just, Brett, you know, Aaron Boone, baseball life, doesn't know much, we'll figure it out. He's been fine. And I, I mean, he's clearly a pretty high-level guy. But my point is, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you cannot no, do that in football. Even if, like, no. Tom Sula and Freddie are the dumb versions, but I, I think we've seen smart versions just not work. You need to be kind of nuts. Uh, I will say this for the Niners. Like, I thought that Saints game was the most pressurized game they've played in, and, and they played really well, right? Like, they had just lost to the Ravens. All of a sudden, if you want home field, you've got to win this game. It's on the road. You're down. That wasn't a house What money game are you talking about? The Saints game, Niners Saints. 100%, but I do think like the regular season, you're on the road, it would have sucked. Same thing with Seattle, but your season doesn't end. I think there's an element. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. When you didn't really feel it in the Patriot game till the last like five minutes where it was like, oh my God, bro, they're going to lose. And then the finality happened when he threw the pick six. But if you get, but it's like, I, I think if I was in the stands and you saw just some pictures like, we're the fucking Patriots. We'll figure this shit out. We got Belichick. We got, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, I just kept thinking this is setting up so Yeah, perfect. he's going to do something. He's going to do something. And then it just never happens. I think the difference is you don't have that to fall back on. Like, you feel the pressure. I think you felt it a little in the Saints game where these guys are like, what the fuck? What is going on here? But it's at a higher level because you have done a lot more. There's a huge element of unknown with the Niners if you are down. Like, I, I believe there is... 100% pressure in Kyle, just a big game. But I do think just early to make the game easier, you got you cannot start slow. Because then I think people, not that they can't come back or they wouldn't win, but it's just there is an added element of pressure with a fan base that's a little like, no experiences with these guys. Right? Yeah. Because I think if you were at the Saints game today, wouldn't you just kept telling yourself, like, we got fucking breeze and pain, we're going to figure this thing out. But then it never, it might never happen, but you're just going to keep justifying that in your mind where I think you just go, yeah, I got Kyle and Jimmy, but are we sure Jimmy can pull this off? Even though we know we've seen him do it, he just has never, he's never started a playoff game, guy. Right. That's where yep. I kept going with Cousins, like Minnesota's well, really going to win this game, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. And then he throws that fucking pass. Was it a couple passes before where he hit Diggs on a nice first down? Uh, I think it was because there was a third down and he, got, he converted a first down. You're talking about that draw? You're talking about the first Well, they just got the ball in overtime, drive? right? And they drove the field and scored. Yeah, correct. But there was a, maybe it was a digs pass, like, in the middle of the fourth quarter that was nice in a pressure spot. Like, he made, he made some pressure throws. Well, the one, the one, the, one. With the, the sweet one was when he looked like he was going to take off and run in the red zone. He went Russell Wilson. He could have run for a first down and threw it to Diggs on the move. What did Diggs do? Get a first down? Yeah, well, he caught it like it was an easy first down, but he was down near the goal line. It was in the red zone. Yeah. But that's not the play you're talking no, about. No, I, I think there was just like a, just a kind of a basic third down. I'd have to go back and see the play-by-play on the overtime drive because they got the ball in overtime and they just drove and scored and that was the game. But he clearly, he obviously I, hit Thielen on the big one. I, I mean, through threw a game I, when he passed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.